Hi there and welcome to a new episode of the Kamara Education Ireland podcast. So my name is Orna Mulhern and I work on the schools team in Kamara Ireland. In Kamara we work to enable educators to use technology with their students, be that teachers or those working in informal education settings. My own background is post-primary teaching. Um, I was an Irish teacher before I started working with Kamara. And we are joined today by James Lockwood and James is going to tell us about um, computer science and getting started with computer science. So James, can you tell us what's your own background? How did you get started with computer science, with computer science education? Um, where are you coming at this from? Thanks, Ronnie. Yeah, good to be on the other side of this for this episode. Um, so, yeah, my name is James. I've been working for Kamara for about three years now, but before that, I studied computer science um, at undergraduate level and in the master's, looking in my master's at education. And so I developed resources and a curriculum to help teachers teach computer science and teach computational thinking in the classroom. And so I've been I was involved in lots of different aspects of that. And so I got involved in a Coda Dojo in the university. And so was teaching primary school and secondary school kids. Um, I was involved in teaching undergraduate students throughout the time um, from first years all the way through to final years and even in some postgraduate courses. Also taught in informal settings, things like summer camps. And then through my master's especially, went out into secondary schools quite a bit and taught in different places help teachers use the content and deliver different workshops and sessions like that. Thanks a million, James. So you've mentioned quite a lot there, kind of some buzzwords that we know about computer science that we were used to hearing about computer science. You've mentioned computer science itself. You've mentioned computational thinking. Explain those terms to us. What are we talking about when we're talking about those, um, those phrases there? Yeah, so computer science is a really broad subject area and a really broad field of study. And so I suppose on a really simple level, it's a way of studying computers and the technology around computers and a way of thinking that allows us to interact with them to create hardware or software solutions to real life problems. Um, at least that's how I like to define it as well. So it could include people sitting at a computer and writing software code, kind of like you might imagine in a Hollywood movie to create the apps, for example, on our phone or create software like the, the Zoom software we're using right now to host this conversation. It could be people working with hardware to develop wearables, things like uh, smartwatches or the indeed the phones or computers we work on. And so it's really broad, but at its central core bit is using technology creatively to solve problems and thinking around algorithmically, which is a step-by-step -step guide of how we can solve problems and how we can put technology to use. Computational thinking is a tricky word, um, but it's perhaps a, a word that some people have heard at least without any knowledge of what it is. And the good news is that you're in good company there because researchers and academics aren't really convinced about what it exactly is as well. But a really helpful way of thinking about it is that it's taking human creativity and ingenuity and applying that to the power of computation and to the power of computers. So taking the brute force of computers and doing things like really complicated maths or really complicated um, processing of data, but giving a human aspect to it in the, we can think of creative solutions, whereas a computer is actually pretty dumb and it will just sit there and do whatever you tell it to do. And so we have to tell it what to do so that it can then do the grunt work. That's amazing, James. You said so much there. Thanks a million. Um, as I said, my background is an, is Irish teaching, so I don't have any formal training in computer science itself. 
so putting it in the context of someone like myself who doesn't have that formal training in computer science, what I heard you say, James, was computational thinking is referring to identifying problems, breaking them down um, into, into different components, matching patterns or finding patterns, um, identifying solutions and applying solutions to other environments all of which I think would be applicable to, for example, my own subject, which is Irish or language teaching and similarly applicable to any sort of uh, subject that we would be teaching students in, it, you know, I suppose if we're talking cross-curricular at primary and post-primary level. I have to ask, how can we get started with computer science, computational thinking in schools, be it primary or post-primary and potentially um, schools who haven't done this before? Like, wh where is the the right place to, to get going with this kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's important, although I've said a lot of jargon there, perhaps in a lot of technical terms, that it doesn't have to be complicated. And so you don't have to be comfortable with everything I've just said and know all the definitions to get started. And I think one of the key barriers to teachers starting with computer science and with coding, perhaps in particular, which is definitely a part of computer science and a major part of it, is that they're not confident enough themselves and so one, I think we have to, as educators, embrace the idea that we won't know everything and we might be wrong about some things and the terrifying idea that our students sometimes might know more than us. And I think we have to allow them to do that and to maybe excel in a way that we don't and we can just help and support them in whatever we can. So one of the best places to get started is actually without computer at all. And I'm a really strong advocate that you can teach these computer science concepts and basic understandings without ever touching a computer and so you don't have to get into coding or anything like that these are called usually unplugged activities and we'll put a couple of links in the description to specific places where you can find these but the idea is to teach the concepts that will undergird a lot of computer science topics moving forward like coding without touching a computer. And so they are hands-on activities. They might be in teams, they might be in groups, they might be individual. And the resources out there are brilliant. They have whole lesson plans that you can follow step-by-step step and you can give as much information as you want about what the learning going underneath is, but the activity itself is fun, it's engaging, and they won't even know they're learning, which I think is a, a great way to teach any subject. So one example, uh, my personal favorite perhaps is the teacher pretends to be a robot. And the idea is students write instructions for the teacher to get around a maze or, for example, a chessboard, if you have an out, a chessboard outside on the, on the playground. What that teaches them is that it teaches them the computers will follow your instructions to the letter because the idea is the teacher as the robot will do exactly what is written out beforehand on a piece of paper. And students won't be able to say, no, 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 that's not what I meant because you've given them the instructions already. So you're learning the computers will just do what you tell them to do when you program them to do it. It also helps them with debugging and thinking of like error finding, because obviously if the teacher follows through, they may not end up where they were supposed to, for example, the opposite corner of the room or whatever it might have been. And it also gets them to think about that algorithm writing. The hardest thing about coding and computer science is coming up with the methods, the algorithm for the solution, not the typing of the code itself. And so that's something that any age can start with. And so most of the unplugged activities are designed for sort of primary school, first class perhaps up, but they definitely can be used by adults all the way through as well. Um, and so unplugged activities um, are a great way to start and they would be my number one go-to for any teachers of any level wanting to get their students involved in computer science. 
That's brilliant. And it sounds like it's something that's really fun um, for you. I think there's a similar activity where the teacher or uh, a selected student goes to make a sandwich and it's you have to pick up the knife and put it in the jar and, and all the details that go with that. Um, I suppose like that, just a fun, interactive way to get going with something that's actually quite complicated when you talk about that computational thinking that you mentioned before. So you also mentioned coding there, James. Where would be a good place to get started with coding as a teacher who doesn't have a lot of experience with this? Um, I would find the, the word coding itself a little bit daunting. Where is a good place to for the likes of me to get started with with a group of students? Yeah, I think what you said there about being fun is really important. I think that computer science, it will be new to lots of students. And so we want them to have a positive experience at the beginning so that when you or another teacher further down the line come back to it, that they aren't sighing that, oh, this thing again. And the same is true of coding. So coding is programming a computer. Usually most people associate that with writing out lines and lines of code, maybe in a sort of matrix style background that the, you hit a button and then something magical happens. Um, often it's associated with like hacking, um, which again, isn't what the movies make it out to be. But the best place, in my opinion, to start coding with Definitely students in primary school, and I would say secondary school, and perhaps even adult learners as well, is a programming language called Scratch. So there's lots of different programming languages out there, and Scratch is one that was specifically designed for children to use. It's by far the most popular one. And the main difference between it and other languages is that instead of writing out code, you use blocks, a bit like jigsaw pieces, and you drag them from a panel on the left to a panel on the right, and you slot them in, to a pattern um, that looks like a jigsaw piece. And then that allows you to code games, animations, whatever it might be that you want to do. It's a really powerful language. And by the powerful, I mean that it can do pretty much anything those other programming languages can do. It just maybe takes longer and isn't quite as efficient. It's a really great place to start because it's fun, it's interactive, it's colorful. There's an instant gratification because you hit this green flag, it runs whatever code you've got and it does something or it doesn't if you haven't done it quite right, I suppose. And so you can move characters around the screen. So a lot of people like to make games with it or they make interactive stories and they're a really good places to start. And it also means that you can integrate it into other subjects, perhaps in a way that just typing code out doesn't always do that. So Scratch is a brilliant place to start and it would be my go-to for any teacher that hasn't used coding before in any way themselves. That's brilliant. Um, I can vouch for it. So I, I, it's, it is something that I've had a look at always with my, um, with my language teacher glasses on, I suppose. And what I really like about Scratch is that you can have different items talking to each other, for example. So I, I certainly do see the, the application of using computer science and Scratch in, for example, my Irish class to engage my students and get them writing conversations with that. But I also think James is, I think we're correct to say that it can be made applicable for younger learners, for example, mid to upper primary school, all the way up to what you said, like potentially transition year and beyond. Yeah, so it's definitely designed for primary school students. And so there would be no issue with first class and up using it. Um, all they would need is the literacy skills, perhaps in some cases to read certain things. Now they're mainly one word blocks. So they, you know, they have a word on them that tells you what they do. Once they're confident and competent to do that, the only barrier will be their use of technology. 
So for example, if you're getting them to do it on a computer, they might struggle with a mouse if they've never used a mouse before. But the great thing is Scratch released an update um, in the last couple of years that allows it to be used really easily on tablets. And so you can drag and drop the blocks. And so you don't have to worry about you know, those sort of motor skills that students might not have. And the great thing about the Scratch website is it has tutorials built into it, which allows students to follow through. So you as a teacher don't have to feel pressured to know all the answers because the tutorial will guide them through it. There's also a really cool resource developed by Google called CS First, which has video-based tutorials that are very similar that guide them through different activities. And you can do those for like one hour, or you could do them for one hour of eight weeks. They have different levels of depth to them, depending on what topic you pick. That's brilliant. It's really exciting. And it's, it's a really lovely tool to use. So where else can teachers get started with computer science with their students? So another place you could have a look is something called the microbit. So the microbit is a little processing board that functions to allow you to code it. And then, but it also is a physical device that has, for example, LEDs, which light up. It has a, the new version has a speaker and a microphone, has a temperature sensor, lots of other bits and pieces around it. And you can also buy things that you can attach to it as well to interact with other, with other equipment. It's really good because it has that physical, actually something is happening when you code more even than Scratch, which has is obviously a virtual sort of little game or environment that you hit play and something happens. The microbit is real and you can hold it, you can attach a battery pack to it and you can take it away, you can take it outside. But the other great thing is that it has a block programming element to it, very similar to Scratch. So if you have students that have done Scratch before, they would be able to transition quite easily over. It's the same idea, dragging and dropping a bit like a jigsaw. But the great thing is that it actually also has built-in textual programming as well. So especially for students maybe in secondary school, you can move them on and it would be the same ideas, but they would just be writing the code out instead. And so the two programming languages are JavaScript and Python. And for any teachers listening who are interested in the Leaving Cert course, those are the two recommended programming languages for the Leaving Cert course at the moment. And actually, Microbit is strongly recommended for use in that. So whether you're in primary school or secondary school, you can use this. But for those in secondary school, it's definitely something worthwhile looking at. Um, and it's definitely a great platform to use because it allows that interactivity in an even deeper way than Scratch does. That's brilliant. So between Scratch and Microbit and indeed the unplugged activities that you mentioned, they are all applicable to both primary and post-primary levels. What's lovely, am I correct in this, James, in saying that we can build on all of these programs towards computer science at leaving cert level, and yet there is lots of activities that we can do without even getting to that um, that stage. Would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, definitely. I think that the important thing is that you're teaching them concepts that will be transferable in other areas of computer science, as well as obviously other curricular groups as well. But what is most important is that they're learning those concepts in a fun and engaging way, so that when they come to the perhaps more difficult, some might say, but also the sort of leaving cert course, for example, itself, or third level, that they actually understand the concepts and it's just applying them in a slightly different way. So a common thing that educators in computer science will say is that once you learn one programming language, they're mainly referring to those textual ones rather than something like Scratch, but Scratch would work too. Once you've learned one of them, you know 50, 60, 70% of other ones. 
It's just a case of learning and exchanging the keywords rather than understanding the content. All of the activities we've talked about today and the platforms, they all teach those undergirding principles, which you can then expand on. And I would say, especially with the unplugged activities, you can make them easier or harder depending on your level. And so the lesson plan on the websites might be for six to 10 year olds, but if you can make it harder to apply to secondary schools and vice versa, if there's one that's for second level, you can probably make it easier for primary school with very little work on the teacher's behalf. That's brilliant, James. I think um, it's clear to see how passionate you are about computer science and also how relevant it can be as a subject for primary teachers, for post-primary teachers, whether or not they have um, a formal background or have indeed a in computer science or indeed have attended any sort of CPD to date, there are um, there are easy entry points for establishing computational thinking assignments and um, projects with your students, regardless of their age. Um, James, thank you so much for giving us that overview. Hopefully we'll be able to look at some of what you've mentioned in more detail in future episodes. Um, it's it's an area that, like I said, you are so passionate about. It's really exciting to see. Um, and it's one that we are enjoying seeing schools develop um, here in Kamara. Thanks. Yeah, no, I think it, I'd encourage all teachers to get involved with it in whatever way they can. Thanks so much, James, for your input today. And we'll be looking forward to speaking with you again in a future episode of the Kamara Education Ireland podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, we are available at podcast at kamara.ie for any questions you may have, or indeed, if you want to give us any feedback on how you are using computer science, computational thinking assignments, unplugged activities with your students, what's working well for you and um and how you'd like to see it progress potentially. So thanks a million for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon.